Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience sharing article from the 20th China Fahui on Minghui.org entitled Cultivating Well in Family Environment Granddaughter Recovers from Dermatitis by a Falun Dafa Practitioner in China. The English translation was published on the Minghui website on November 12, 2023. I've been helping my granddaughter overcome a devastating skin disease for the past few months. In the process, I've cultivated myself and improved my relationship with my daughter. As the 20th China Fahui is calling for papers, I'd like to report this experience to Master and share it with fellow practitioners. Part 1. Granddaughter Born with Eczema my granddaughter, Sherry, was born with a skin disease and began to have persistent itching 10 days after she was born. She has often had pus all over her body, causing incessant crying. The doctor diagnosed it as eczema and told us that she might outgrow it. When I chanted the nine auspicious words, Falun Dafa is good, truthfulness, compassion, forbearance is good, to alleviate her suffering, her mother, my daughter, adamantly opposed it. Desperate, she tried traditional remedies and various medicines, but none proved effective. By the age of three, Sherry had shown no signs of improvement, and the doctor speculated that the condition might resolve itself when she reached school age. She had lived with me since she was born, and I struggled to care for her, losing precious time for fast study and cultivation. I treated her illness as an ordinary person would. When she was six years old, she went to live with my daughter in the southern China. When Sherry turned seven and began school, her condition had not only failed to improve, but had worsened. A special dermatitis diagnosis followed at age 9, with the doctor predicting a lifelong affliction if not cured by age 12. The doctor recommended an expensive 10-month treatment procedure, an immense financial burden for our modest income. Despite its initial effects, Sherry's condition worsened after the seventh treatment, leading to severe constipation. Sadly, the treatment did not bring a cure. She suffered a lot every summer. Pus-covered ulcers and a foul smell forced her to rest at home or be unable to attend physical education classes. The severity of her condition weighed heavily on my heart. After Sherry moved back to live with her mother, I rekindled my commitment to cultivation. Intense fast study, exercise, and involvement in truth clarification materials production became my daily routine. I urged myself to keep up with the progress of fa rectification. With my improvement in cultivation, I urged my daughter to let Sherry recite the auspicious words, emphasizing it as the only solution. My daughter, however, remained skeptical and opposed the idea. At the end of last year, 
I had a foreboding dream of Sherry's demise, which prompted me to plead with my daughter to send her back to me. Despite my earnest appeal, my daughter remained silent. I realized that I had to let go of my sentiment. Part two: Granddaughter practicing Dafa exercises. In March, my husband proposed that we stay with my daughter for a while. I was initially hesitant due to potential disruption of my cultivation. Master's hint through calling Sherry's name in my mind persuaded me otherwise. Upon arrival, I was devastated at the sight of Sherry. Contrary to the software-altered images seen in video calls, she was dark, feeble, scar-covered, and lacking vitality. I insisted she start practicing Dafa exercises immediately. The initial sessions were challenging for Sherry, given her weakened state. I encouraged her to endure and persevere. She was obedient and did her best to cooperate. She made rapid progress and was able to do the full second exercise set after two days. I also taught Sherry to recite the Dafa auspicious words. She did it diligently during her daily commute and spare time. When I was sending forth righteous thoughts one night, I added a thought for Master to help Sherry. Right at that moment, I saw a golden light suddenly covering her. A figure then appeared behind her and extracted something from her leg. I sent righteous thoughts for over fifty minutes. Once in my dream, Master was holding her, which confirmed her strong predestined relationship with Dafa. Part three. Daughter's strong objections. My daughter vehemently objected to me teaching Sherry the Dafa exercise and kept picking fights with me. She was unwilling to listen to me and believed the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda that smeared Dafa. One night, she came into my room and demanded that Sherry and I stop meditating. I wanted her to acknowledge Sherry's improvement and argued with her. I regretted my failing to hold back afterward. Since then, my daughter gave Sherry extra homework every day and forced her to finish the tasks. The extra burden drained her, and she became unhappy. I held back my tears, seeing her struggling physically and mentally. I recalled Master's teachings in the article "What Is Forbearance?" Ren from Essentials for Further Advancement. Quote. Forbearance is the key to improving one's xinxing. To endure with anger, grievance, or tears is the forbearance of an everyday person who is attracted to his concerns. To endure completely without anger or grievance is the forbearance of a cultivator. I sensed that my heart was moved and that I should let things unfold naturally. I found an opportunity to calmly remind my daughter of Sherry's health regarding the extra housework. Once, when I comforted Sherry for crying because of housework, my daughter turned her anger toward me, but my heart remained unaffected. In fact, I also enlightened that the evil communist spirit was manipulating my daughter. So I sent righteous thoughts to clear out the interference. Her attitude was getting better as a result. Sherry and I were able to do the exercise more often, and she became more energetic. She happily told me, "Grandma, I used to be tired of walking with my loaded backpack, 
but now I can run with it. When Sherry's final exam was approaching, my daughter checked with me calmly to see if Sherry should pause the exercises for this week and spend more time studying. I explained to her that Falun Dafa bestows people with wisdom and that she need not worry. Sherry persisted in daily exercise until her final exams. She scored nearly perfectly in major subjects and ranked third in her class. Sherry's character improved through practicing Dafa as well. She was not jealous of other good students and was always happy for others' achievements. When she was bullied in school, she did not become angry or fight back, but handled things peacefully. Though she never read Dafa books and only learned the basic Dafa principles via our daily life, she learned how to keep up her character. Recognition at school followed, with Sherry earning multiple rewards at the end of the school year. I brought Sherry back to my home during the summer vacation. She continued to practice the Dafa exercises daily. When she was about to go back, Sherry told me that her mother wouldn't allow her to continue doing the exercises after returning home. Despite feeling a sense of loss, I accepted the natural course of events and encouraged Sherry to continue reciting the auspicious words. She agreed. That evening, my daughter had a low fever. I suggested reciting the Dafa auspicious words for recovery, and she silently agreed. Following her recovery, she surprisingly allowed Sherry to continue the daily exercises, marking a significant shift. Part 4. Conclusion It was not an easy journey during the past six months, which reminded me of the dream I had shortly after I arrived at my daughter's home, where a man asked me if I dared to climb up this mountain. I looked up and was shocked to see the mountain covered with concrete pillars over three feet high, and each pillar was full of glass ballast and steel nails. Was this a mountain of knives? But I responded with yes, without hesitation. I went up all the way and didn't feel as if being stabbed or pinched. When I got to the top of the mountain, I saw Sherry spitting blood there. So I picked her up and kept shouting her name until I woke up. The past six months felt akin to climbing a mountain of knives. Beginning with Sherry's desperate condition and my daughter's opposition, the journey concluded with Sherry's significant recovery and my daughter's acceptance of her exercising. I am grateful for Master's compassionate salvation. Amidst tribulations, I transitioned from tearful endurance to understanding my daughter's perspective, sympathizing with her, and tolerating without resentment. Our family transformed from a hostile environment to one of peace and harmony. May my experience serve as a lesson for fellow practitioners navigating family tribulations only through diligent fast study. Looking inward and calm demeanor can master guide us to overcome challenges and our cultivation elevate. Please point out anything not in line with the Fa.
The following is an experience sharing article entitled Changing Human Notions to Save More People by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on October 9, 2023. I started practicing Falun Dafa in 1998. During my cultivation, I experienced many setbacks and faced serious trials and tribulations. Over the past two years, through constant Fa study, I've enlightened that I was hindered by the human notions I could not let go of. Part 1. Changing Notions Master said in Teachings at the Midwestern U.S. Conference, quote, Yesterday, a reporter asked me, What has made you the happiest in your whole life? Of course, my whole life has been devoted to this one thing. I said, As to matters of ordinary people, there's nothing that would make me happiest. But when I hear or see students sharing their experiences, that is when I feel most gratified. Unquote. Years ago, I didn't think experience-sharing articles were important at all. Why go to all the trouble to write the article and research different fa quotes? I thought it would only delay the saving of sentient beings. I preferred to write poems instead, because poems only required a few short sentences. The Minghui website published a notice on May 13, 2021, asking for experience-sharing articles. Right after that, I read the fa that I had quoted above. I felt Master's compassion and hoped that practitioners would improve quickly. I was also touched by the sharing articles submitted to the Minghui website by fellow practitioners. I became determined to write sharing articles and get involved in doing the things that Master has asked us to do. I sent my articles to Minghui and a few of them were published. I also attended the 2021 Online Chinese Mainland FA Conference and encouraged fellow practitioners to contribute articles. And over the past two years, every practitioner I know has written a sharing article for the online conference. Through FA study, I realized that the thoughts I previously had about writing sharing articles were based on postnatal notions, which manipulated me. From that moment on, I had a clearer understanding of what these notions are. I saw the distinction between notions and my true self. I also realized the harm those notions can cause and the importance of changing myself as a practitioner. Writing sharing articles also helps save sentient beings by displaying the wonderful nature of Dafa. This is what we should do as Dafa practitioners and what makes Master feel most gratified. Part 2. Changing Human Notions to Save People My personality is quite introverted. Even my friends and family had to contact me first if we were to speak. After beginning cultivation, I was busier than before and even more reluctant to contact people. On the surface, it saved me a lot of time that I could spend doing Dafa work. However, I later realized that that attitude also affected the salvation of my friends and relatives, so I tried to let go of that postnatal notion. I'm 72 now, and I have left my hometown behind over 40 years ago. Since then, I've rarely spoken to anyone there, including my relatives. Before this Chinese New Year, I received word that my cousin's son was getting married, and they had invited me to attend. Previously, I would have made excuses not to go. For instance, I needed to make three bus transfers to get there. Furthermore, I fell down not long ago and had been injured. I had recovered somewhat, but I was still not sure if I could travel that far. 
As these thoughts occurred, I quickly realized that those excuses were human notions and that the wedding would be a good opportunity to save people. So I decided to go. It was a long trip and I ended up arriving late about halfway through the reception. I saw many relatives who had never heard the truth. I greeted them briefly and immediately began to talk to them about Dafa. I only had time to speak with four or five people before the reception was over and, full of regret, I had to leave. I was sitting waiting for the bus when suddenly an elderly man next to me said my name. I was surprised, but when I saw him, I realized that he had been a classmate of my brother and he lived in the neighboring village. We talked a lot on the bus and I explained many things to him during the hour-long trip, including the truth about Dafa, quitting the party and its youth organizations, the pandemic and catastrophes, etc. He listened attentively and agreed with what I said. He quit the young pioneers that he had joined as a child. I gifted him a protective amulet, and he carefully put it in his pocket. I was very happy that this chance encounter, after 40-plus years, had helped save him. Although I didn't save a lot of people on this journey, I still felt gratified because the trip helped me let go of many human notions. I realized on a deep level that only by following Master's instructions can we change our notions and save more people. Part 3 Breaking the Bonds of Human Attachments Due to the Chinese Communist Party's persecution of Dafa, I was arrested, my home was searched, and my possessions were confiscated. After my release, I moved to a new area to avoid further persecution. I had been living in the new place for three or four years, but decided not to clarify the truth in this community, as I wanted to keep my home materials production site safe and avoid exposure. There was a security guard in our community who was a very kind older man. He treated people well and was willing to help others. He often greeted me and helped me open the gate when I was holding groceries. I thought that such a good man must have a predestined relationship, so I should clarify the truth to him. But I always held back my words, thinking that I should be careful, given his role as a security guard. After the pandemic started, I didn't see him for several days and wondered if he had retired. I regretted that I had missed the chance to clarify the truth to him and realized that it was my human attachment that hindered me. He did end up coming back to work, and I took the initiative to greet him. I brought up some topics related to Dafa. He didn't reject it and accepted some of what I said. I also gave him a USB drive that included the video, Prediction in Life, New Century Films, The Spreading of Dafa, Dafa Spreading Overseas, and others. He returned the drive to me on his next shift two days later. I felt that he didn't finish watching all the videos and asked how he felt about them. He answered simply, I didn't watch some of them, and some of them should be kept just between you and me. I could see that he was a little afraid. I said, Right, it's good if you just know. What I'm doing is for your own good, because I could tell that you are a good man. You can have a good future, and you can make it through this pandemic and any future catastrophe with this knowledge. Since we couldn't talk too much in that environment, he left in a rush. After that, I kept sending forth righteous thoughts to help his knowing side take effect and help him learn about Dafa and be saved. After nearly a month, I found another chance to talk to him. I further explained the truth to him, and he readily agreed to quit the Communist Youth League and young pioneers that he had joined. I felt relieved and grateful to Dafa for saving him. I realized in the process that only by letting go of human notions and thoughts can we have righteous thoughts and divine power to save people.
Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org. Thank you.